Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it out. The vision reminds us that our best days are yet to come. Go out and share this good news. Build bridges of harmony. We want to be unity agents. Surf new waves of revival sent to the church by the Holy Spirit. We want to be a spirit-filled church. Serve our neighbors in need as the hands and feet of Jesus. We want our cities to be positively changed and to be different 10 years from now than they are today because Lutheran Church of Hope is here. Not just city changers, but world changers because Jesus says go into the whole world. We want to be an intergenerational church. We want to make disciples to go from seeker to believer, to follower, to servant leader, and around again. We want to be kingdom expanders. We want to be legacy makers. We want to love those who are broken, broke, tired, scared, sick, in prison, lost, or wandering. That's the heart of hope. How are you guys doing? Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome. Caught moving in the we middle of it. We were caught moving. I feel like I need to introduce myself real quick. I'm Melissa Johnson Matthews, but you can call me Mel, and this is my husband, Mitch. What's up? Hey. <laughs> and so many of you have seen him before, and um, I haven't been here for a while, but it is good to be back. I think you should just like pat yourselves a little bit on the back and say, yeah, we did it, man. We are back in the building, and we are all together, so it is fantastic. You know, I think that God has been on the move, and he's been doing some fun things, because at uh, Christmas time, the one thing that I asked for from my husband was a book on the revival history of the church. And here we find ourselves tonight with section, or the 10 for 10, number three, and it's about revival. And Jamie, did we talk about this? Did you know that that's what my one thing was for Christmas that I asked for? No, she did not know that. So I'm just gonna go out on a limb here tonight and say that God has something for somebody in this room. And it's probably you, and it's probably me, and it may be every one of us. So come Holy Spirit, do what only you can do tonight, Lord. Speak to us about the truth about what you are doing in this world right now, Jesus. Because we only want what you want, Lord. And the stuff that we have that's in our hearts and our minds, Lord, we want that aligning with you. So tonight we're going to talk about surfing new waves of revival, of encountering the Holy Spirit. And did you know that in a Lutheran church you can find the Holy Spirit? And if that is not a funny joke for you, then you have not been a Lutheran your whole life. (laughs) We're just going to move on from that. And that's okay. Because what you don't know, you don't know. And the truth is that God is on the move. And he's on the move in every people group that call him friend and savior and Lord. So let's look at number three. Let's look at the third point in our 10 for 10. The first is to surf new waves of revival sent to the church by the Holy Spirit. Surfing new waves. That means it's happened before. And it's pretty exciting. And 
once we surf those waves, we are gonna pursue the faith, not only with intellect, because here's the deal, we don't want you to check your brain at the door. We want you to challenge, we want you to think, we want you to have opinions and to do the research, but to have intellectual pursuit, but also that you would come into an experience and encounter a relationship with the God who delights in you so much that your voice is one of his favorite things to hear. So experiencing relationships with a living God, that means your heart and your soul is connected with God. He wants that for you. We want to realize the inspiring presence in our daily lives of a miraculous God. Miraculous God who loves us, guides us, inspires us, heals us, and who saves. And above all that, we also want to develop relationships with like-minded people. Missional churches to serve a renewing movement within our denomination, that's Lutheran, <laughs> and as a prophetic witness to mainline evangelical Christians. Prophetic witness means to be an encouragement, to be a, a ministering person, to bring restoration and to help bring healing to other churches. So I look at that and the first word I see is surf. <laughs> and I'm from Iowa. Anybody here know how to surf? Seriously, has anybody surfed? Yes, my friend, two of you. Yes, I'm not going to make you come up here and do it. Okay, third, okay. So what I know about surfing, which is very little, is it looks really easy. Is it really easy? No, it's not. Can I just tell you, they both looked at me and said, no. So it looks super easy. It looks like you're just standing on this board, going with the flow, but in reality, it takes balance, it takes strength, it takes, I would think, some decent core muscles. Am I right, guys? Maybe, maybe not, eh, maybe. Okay, but I've never seen a flabby, fla yeah, yeah, there thank it you. Is. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. But I've never really seen a flabby surfer. Can I just say that? Okay, um, but it also takes commitment. Like if you're gonna go in, you're gonna do this thing, and it takes trust. Right? You have to trust that the wave is going to carry you. You have to trust that what you're doing in your training is going to sustain you. And that is not very different than what we're talking about in point three of the 10 for 10. Our topic tonight is about revival. Revival, since you're at Revive, you probably know this already. But revival means to bring back to life. And that means that there was life there before. And so we are looking at the fact that God has been moving and he's been doing things for centuries. And tonight we're going to talk about how that impacts us specifically tonight in 2021 here at Revive because we are not the first. Oh, we are so not the first. And there are some crazy stories out there that I want to tell you about. But revival specifically is just an increased interest in spiritual activity. Have you noticed an increased interest in spiritual activity with your friends, um, maybe the people that you're dating, maybe the, your coworkers, anybody around you that's like kind of curious, that's a sign of revival. So if you're seeing that, it's a possibility. But you know who was the ultimate revivalist? So you're in church, so the answer is probably Jesus, right? <laughs> so yeah, 
So the ultimate revivalist was Jesus, right? Jesus who took these stone cold hearts, these dry people that only were suffering, you know, living out the law but really had no relationship with God and he poured his living water on them and in the process brought them back to life. And as they followed him, they began to spread and to share their 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 malleable hearts and their softness. And no longer were they subject to just a law, but they were also subject to love. And when we love, it becomes way more, well, it becomes way more inviting. And people want to be a part of what is happening. So, like it says in our 10 for 10, we don't want you to check your brains at the door when it comes to revival. But we also want you to be open to encountering the fact that Jesus is love and he wants to have a relationship with you. But like I said, we aren't the first people to experience a revival. We aren't the first people to see increased interest in, uh, in encountering Jesus and having knowledge and, and experiencing the love of God. 500 years ago, a guy named Marty Martin Martin Luther, um, had a moment where he looked around him and said, I don't like the way things are going. I think God has more for us. And he started the Reformation. But the Reformation led to a a revival and people began to follow Martin Luther and he didn't want to be followed. He's like, stop it. Leave me alone. I don't want you people to follow me. I just want you to listen to me. And what they did is they became a movement, a revival. People became so excited about God's word. They had access to it and they just wanted to share it with, other, with each other. And so they built communities around it and they loved each other, even though they were different. And 200 years after Martin Luther started the Reformation, decided to bring information to the world in a different way, a 22-year-old guy a Lutheran guy, was in uh, an art gallery and he walked by a painting and he looked at the painting and the painting was of Jesus. And in that moment, he thought to himself, I have everything in the world. My parents are gonna hand me my estate. They're gonna give me the family business. But I think there's more. And when he was looking at that painting of Jesus, he realized in that moment that God was speaking to him. He's like, Lord, I want, I want to be used by you. And so soon after that, coincidence? I don't know. All these people showed up to his house. They were refugees. They were religious. They were being persecuted for their religion. They were Lutherans. They were people from uh, the camps that had been following Luther and other Lutheran, and other people that were in that area. And they started, they showed up at his house, and he's looking around, he's thinking, is this what God's calling me to? And so he started inviting people in. 22, 23, 24 years old. And you know what? His parents were not happy about this. <laughs> because all the people, there's 300 people showing up on their front lawn, living on their estate. And they're like, what are you doing? You had this perfect life, and what are you You're messing with us. You're making us look bad, by the way, also. The neighbors are really upset about this. But he looked around and he said, I don't don't care. I I think God has more. And so he started to build a community. And these people were messy. 
They were coming from different places all across Eastern and Western Europe, and they settled in his, in his area, and there were 300 of them, and they could not get along, and they were driving him nuts, and he was about to send them away, and finally, he stood up one day in their church, and he said, we need to get unified. We need to get over our differences. We need to build community, and if we don't do this, if we don't Get real about the fact that we are called to love each other instead of hate each other, that our differences are really less important than what Jesus is doing in this world, then we're gonna, we're gonna lose it all. And the crazy thing is, they listened. And on that day, they got down on their knees and they said they were sorry to each other. And from that day, for 100 years, they started this crazy thing called 24-7 prayer. For 100 years, a, a group of people that were only about 300 prayed for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year for 100 years. And God did crazy stuff through them. Miracles, signs, wonders, prayers. They sent people out to pray and in the process, in this little town of 300 in Hernhut, Germany, you've never been there, I've never been there, had, I can't even spell it really, a revival broke out that you and I today are standing on because literally they prayed and they said, God, use us to change the world. And he did. And people left that group, that three, group of 300 with 24-7 prayer and they went out in the world and told people about the love of Jesus. And one of those people that they told was a guy named John, John Wesley. Have you ever heard of the Methodist Church? It's what I grew up in. John Wesley went on to spread the gospel around the world because one man from that little camp decided to encounter him. And so it is exactly what we say when we say that there have been moves of God throughout the centuries. We've got the Protestants. We've got the Methodists, as you can see. We've got different revivals all over the world. And then you will see in 1994, a Lutheran church in Iowa, right? It's kind of like Hernhut. Can't spell Des Moines, can't spell Hernhut. But the truth is, it was absolutely what happened. Second Chronicles 7, 14 happened. They humbled themselves, they prayed, they asked for forgiveness, and look what God did through them. And in that moment, there was an Acts 2 situation where the fire of God fell on this community. These are individuals, people who we would never hear about but God. And you know what? They're just like you and me. Average people. Average people who just wanted to do what God called them to do, to be who God called them to be, to do the things that, they, that matter, and to love the world well. I love this quote. We will, not, we will move this world not 
by criticism of it, nor conformity to it, but by combustion within it of the lies, of the lives ignited by the Spirit of God. Clearly not easy for me to say. <laughs> Here's the deal. 500 years ago, 200 years ago, the truth is God is on the move today. We see it. I have the privilege of being on staff here. I see healings. I see people set free. A week ago, Michael, you and I were in the worship center. A man who was desperate, who had just so much pain, reached out and said, please, Lord, I need to be baptized. I need what you have for me, Lord. We took him to the baptismal font, and Robert wept. He was baptized. And you know what? That man was all over social media the next day. <laughs> he was crazy. He's like, Mel, I usually get like three likes on my posts. I put on there that I was baptized and God was doing something in my life. I got like 150 posts or 150 <laughs> likes. The truth is people want to be encountered by that. And it, sometimes it just takes a guy like Robert or you or me to share the truth about what Jesus has done for us. Awesome. I'm, I'm spent. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so I will say that I did get her more than just books on revival for Christmas, <laughs> just to be really clear on that. But we're talking five books. Like, it's hardcore. She loves studying revival. And I think revival is fascinating to dig into. It's, it's fascinating to look at the history of the church, to just see time and time again how often God moves through messy mixed up, lost people, right? I don't know about you, but if I wrote the Bible, if I was in charge of the Bible, I'd have more of a bent on like public relations. Let's, let's get the good stories in there. Let's get the perfect people in there. You know, that kind of thing. But God, time and time again, works through people who are imperfect, people who feel lost, people who feel disqualified. And that's what I love. That's what I love about these revival stories that have happened over centuries, but are happening right now here at Hope and around the world. I mean, I don't know about you, but I love the thought of heaven. I, I'm looking forward to heaven. But I, what I love even more right now, because I'm kind of a short attention kind of guy. Anybody else got a relatively short attention? I'm kind of the quick payoff kind of guy. Like, I like that thought. And so heaven is great. But I think God also wants us to live a life that's exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could hope, dream, or imagine right now. Not wait for what's awesome in heaven, because it's going to be great. But like, he wants us to live an amazing life right now with him, knowing we are fully loved. Now, one of, the other, one of the other scriptures that we read earlier is literally one of my favorite scriptures. I, I have part of it tattooed in Greek on my shoulder. And if I had biceps, man, I would roll up the sleeve. It would be so impressive. But I'm not going to do that, right? But I love this verse. Um, I love this section of the Bible because it's written by a guy named Paul. And Paul um, is an interesting guy. And, and what's, what's wild about this scripture, like when we get to this part of Ephesians, Paul is just, you can tell, he is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. And I love Ephesus because I kind of think of it like Des Moines, right? It was, it was a town, it was a marketplace 
town. It was a town, it was a city that was, it was kind of a hub. A lot of things, kind of like 8035, you know, a lot of things moved through Ephesus, which meant there were a lot of different types of people there. So Paul was a Jew. That was his background. He was a Jewish man. He was a Jewish leader. He was, he was, I mean, high up in the Jewish church. And then Jesus got a hold of him because he was messing up big time. I mean, to the level of killing Christians, like he was responsible for killing Christians. And then Jesus got a hold of his heart. He spoke to him and said, Paul, Paul, come on. I love you. Write who you are right now. And I want to work through you. And what I love about this part of uh, Ephesians is Paul up to this point has been telling stories about the crazy stuff that God had been doing, the things that he had a front row seat for, people being healed, breakthroughs, people feeling loved, right? There were even financial breakthroughs, business-based breakthroughs, right? And Paul is just going off about that. But what he's also saying is he's like, I'm, I'm kind of amazed because I felt disqualified, Right When I started to hear about Jesus, I, I wanted to kill his followers. And, and then when I met Jesus, when I started to feel his love, immediately he felt disqualified. And so that's one of the people groups he was talking to as he's writing this, because there were a lot of people in Ephesus that felt disqualified. They felt, they felt like, well, you know, that Jesus sounds amazing, but, but I don't have the right lineage. I, I didn't grow up in the right family. Uh, I haven't been living the right way. A lot of people have been beat up. Beat up, in fact, by the church. And, and maybe some of you guys have. A fun, fun sidebar story, literally from tonight, like uh, about 45 minutes before we drove over here, is we got a new puppy about four weeks ago. And if I knew I was going to tell this story, I would have put a picture up because you guys would all be like, oh, because he is adorable. His name is Hero. He is adorable. He's an Akita. He's awesome. And I was walking him um, before we came over here. And um, while I'm walking, and he's a puppy, he's still learning everything. His paws are huge. And he's still, he's like, he's like a seventh grade boy where like, he just doesn't know like how his legs work and his arms. He's all gangly and stuff. He's going to be a a beautiful adult, but right now he's just kind of dorky looking and he's awesome, right? But we're out walking and we have this house in our neighborhood. I've never noticed it until we got a puppy, but we have this house in our neighborhood. Maybe you have one of these too, but they've got a sign now that says, please pick up after your dog, right? Like anybody have that neighbor, right? And it's, it's shaped like a little dog, but it's right there. And so I'm walking hero and I'm, I'm, in the zone, kind of thinking about tonight. I get a text, I pick up my phone, I'm walking, I lose track of where we are. Sure enough, we're in front of the poop house and Hero, it's almost like pick up, Hero picks up on where we are and just goes, boop, did a business right next to the sign. I kid you not, I thought about taking a picture of it because it was hilarious, right? Two feet away from this sign. And I'm like, oh man, here? Really, dude, come on. And so I stop, I get out the little bag and do the whole thing, right? And I look up and there, standing at the screen door is a man and his wife, right? And he steps out on the step and he said, did you see the sign? And I triumphantly hold the bag of poop, right? Like, of course, I cleaned up for myself. And he's like, ah. Oh. And he turns around and the woman comes out in a bathrobe. It's 4.45, so I don't know what's happening in this house. But she comes out in her bathrobe and she says, I think we're going to change the sign to say no pooping allowed. And she walks right back in, right? I'm like, 
thanks neighbors, good to see you. Okay, awesome, right? Now I will admit that the people in Ephesus had kind of been beat up by the church Kind of like I was beat up by no poop neighbors, right? Like, um, you know, people kind of were living life and they weren't living up to a really high standard. And so when they heard about this Jesus, a lot of people were curious, but they felt disqualified, right? Now, now some people felt like they missed the wave. I mean, we talk about this when we're talking about revival. We talk about literally, you know, we were using the word surf, and it, that means there's a wave, right? A wave of revival. And Paul was also talking to those people, those people that felt like they'd missed the wave. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, don't, I, I probably shouldn't, but I'm gonna do a show of hands. Have you ever felt like you missed the wave? Like you missed something. Maybe you missed an opportunity. You missed getting on that social media platform early enough. You know what I mean? Or, or maybe you missed something at work. Or maybe you just feel like you just missed life a little bit, or you feel just behind. Well, these people were feeling like they missed it. Here they were hearing all these stories about Jesus, but Jesus was gone. And they didn't understand that Jesus was sending his power through the Holy Spirit. They didn't understand it. So a lot of those people just felt like they'd missed it, that there was a wave and they missed it. And so Paul was talking to them too. And then there was a whole group of people that felt unloved and unlovable. Mm-hmm. In the city of Ephesus, they felt unloved and unlovable. They, they just didn't feel smart enough. There were a lot of Greeks and, and a lot of big thinkers in Ephesus. And, and so, you know, a lot of people just didn't feel smart enough so that they weren't loved. A lot of people weren't wealthy. There was a lot of wealth in this city. And so, you know, the people that, that didn't have the wealth felt unloved and unlovable. And my guess is even some of the wealthy people just kept trying to amass the wealth because they felt unloved and unlovable. And my hope is none of you know how that feels, but I'm guessing tonight some of you do, to know what it feels like to feel unloved or unlovable. And the beautiful thing is that that Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. I think he also knew he would be writing to us. God knew that he would be writing to us tonight too. And, and this is what I love. And, and, and Paul's like fired up at this point because he's basically said the sentence right before this, he goes, the more I think about all of this, I just hit my knees and pray. And then he says again, I pray, meaning now I want to tell you how I pray, right? He's saying to you that feel unqualified, to you that feel like you missed it, to you that feel unloved or unlovable, I want to tell you how I pray because I'm praying for you. And he says, I pray from his glorious, unlimited resources that he will empower you, that he will empower you. Now, I geek out on, on kind of the, the words that are used. It's, I'm kind of a dork that way, right? And one of the things that, that Paul used is he used a word dunamis. When he started to talk about power, that was a Greek word. And so that would have gotten the people that really felt unqualified, unloved, out of the mix, especially if they're like, well, this Jesus guy was a Jewish guy, so I'm not, I'm not in that camp, I'm not in that group. He starts using their language. Like he's like, power. Power was something they wanted. Power, not necessarily feeling like I'm gonna overpower anyone else, but power in that meant a sense of control, a sense of hope, a sense of peace. And a lot of the Greeks thought they could get that through intellect. And Paul wasn't dismissing 
intellect. But he was saying, listen, I want you to have that power and I want you to have inner strength through his spirit, through the Holy Spirit, through God's spirit in you. I want you to have these things. And then he says, then, and that then is really important. He said, then Christ, Jesus. He's saying like, you didn't miss it. You're not disqualified. You're, you're not out. He said, then Christ will make his home in your hearts, in your actual hearts. He will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So what I love about that is he was saying, you're included. You're loved. You're right on time. And I want to say that to you tonight. You're included. You're loved. And you are literally, you're right on time. There have been some amazing things that have happened up to tonight in the church, in the world, right? In, in moves of God. And God's saying, isn't it awesome? Let's do more. Yes. Right where you are, right tonight, that it could start tonight. It could continue to grow tonight. Right where you are, who you are right now. And some of you might feel a little bit like those people from Ephesus, like, that sounds pretty good, but you don't know. You don't know, right? You don't know my fears. You don't know my doubts. You don't know some of the stuff that I've done. I pooped in people's yards, man. No, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, like that, that kind of thing, right? Or my dog has. That really sounded gross, didn't it? I'm so sorry. Yeah. We're eating you later and pooping in yards. Okay. Uh, yeah. Revive is off the chain. Okay. There we go. I love it. Awesome. So yeah. So God's saying that. Now here's the thing. What I want to do tonight is I want to do a little bit of exercise. Okay. Just like an exercise. And here's what I want to do. First, if you guys are okay with it, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I'm wildly blessed to say I have, I have grown up a scared kid, afraid of a lot, uh, disqualified on all fronts, made all sorts of bad decisions over my life. But I've said, okay, God, I want in. Mel's done the same thing. Like, you know, we've been married a long time. We made a lot of mistakes. Uh, God was not waiting for us to be perfect, right? But we said, okay, Lord, we, we do want more. We kind of, we're going to open our hands. We're not qualified. We're late to the game. A lot of days we feel unlovable, but, but we're in, we want. And, and then God has been moving in our lives and we've been able to see amazing things and we get to hear from God a lot, which is an incredible thing to get to say. And so I want to pray for you guys because who would like to hear from God more? Right? And that's fine. If you don't want to raise your hand, that's totally cool. But there might be a party who's like, yeah, that's cool. All right. Um, and here's the thing, like the power is not mine. It's, it's God's to give, okay? So I'm gonna pray for you guys, not because I'm super qualified or all of that, right? But it's because God says we can do this. We can pray for one another. God loves it when we do that. And so I wanna do that. I'm gonna pray for you guys. And then in a second, we're gonna pray for somebody else because revival, that thing of things coming alive, that can happen tonight, right tonight. Who's got an expectation that God can move? Right? Like God can move tonight. Even if he just moves in your heart, just think about that. Like being able to make his heart in, make his home in your heart that the roots could grow down, that you could be empowered, that you could feel that inner strength, hope, love, so that we can love others. 
That's what I want for you. So here's the experiment, okay? If you're open to it, totally cool. If not, it's, I can't see your hand, so it doesn't matter. But here's what I want to do is um, you can take whatever posture you want for this prayer. I used to think like getting on your knees got you extra credit with God. You know what I mean? Like there was some buttons on your knees or, you know, because you see I got on my knees like, okay, that must be really good. That's black belt level praying. I don't think that that, I mean, it's good. It's a good posture, but you don't have to be on your knees, but take whatever posture you want to. If, if it helps to get comfortable, whatever, do it. But what I'd, I'd recommend is just have your hands be open. Let that be a prophetic act to say, Lord, I do, I wanna hear from you. I wanna feel your spirit, all right? So I'm gonna pray for you and then we're gonna pray for others and then we're gonna wrap up. So Lord, we just thank you for being amazing. We thank you for being huge. Lord, I thank you for the specific people, every heart that's in this room tonight, there is no accident that they are here. You are on the move and I just thank you for every one of them. And Lord, I ask, Lord, speak to them tonight. Help them to feel your presence. Help them to feel your power. And most importantly, Lord, help them to feel your love. Help them to feel your love. I feel like, I feel like there's somebody in the room tonight that does feel unlovable and God is saying, I adore you. I adore you right now. I know everything about you and I adore you. And I do feel like somebody tonight is feeling like they missed it. Whether it's something at work or whether it's a relationship, I think God is saying to you tonight, you have not missed it. I've got you, kiddo. I have got you. Just lean into me. I've got you. I love you, I adore you, and I have got you. I do feel like somebody tonight too is feeling unworthy. And if that's you, I just want you to know that God says, I know everything. I know everything, and I want you to just sit on my lap. I want to hold you. You are my daughter. You are my son. I love everything about you. We're going to have an awesome future together. I have great plans for you. So we just thank you for that, Lord. Let that sit. Let that grow. Lord, we want revival. We want to be a part of what you're doing and we want to see miracles. We want to see cool stuff. Lord, I want, I want love to pour out of this room. I want opportunity. I want opportunity for these people. I love provision, Lord. If you can bring provision, if there's need for provision, bring provision. I like checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. If somebody needs a check in the mail, let's do that, Lord, whatever that is. Lord, and I just ask you would do cool things. That's the thing about signs and wonders. They make you wonder. Bring signs and wonders in their life and let them be a part of signs and wonders wonders. We just thank you for that, Lord, and we trust you for that. You're amazing. You're going to do amazing things. You already have done, but you're going to do even more amazing things through these people, and we thank you for that. We thank you for that, Lord, and we love you. And we pray all these things in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so, oh, sorry. Can I go to that one slide real quick? Sorry. So here's what we're going to do is what I, people are like, okay, I want to pray more but you're like sometimes just not sure. I know when I started to pray, I wasn't sure what to say. Like if there was a code, if there was a combination that I had to use, right? And if I got the combination right, like kind of those old combination locks, right? That somehow God would really hear me if it was three, six, 19, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? God doesn't, he just wants to have a conversation with you. But one of the best ways, one of the easiest ways to do that and do that more is to go to a scripture like Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. 
and just say, God, I pray for. And I, I just even do this in your heart. Just, just pray this, pray this in your mind, pray this in your heart and put whomever's name in that blank needs to go in that blank. It could be your own. Maybe it's a brother, maybe it's a sister, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a relative, maybe it's your neighbor. My poopy neighbors are coming to mind, right? Like I'm gonna pray for them, right? Because, hey, that's one of the things that we can do to show love. I mean, there is healing that's gonna break out. There's amazing opportunities, provision that's gonna break out. But one of the best things that we can do is love well. And that's what Paul is saying that as God is in our hearts, we will do that and do that more and more. So I invite you to do that as well tonight. All right? And I think that as we do that, not only can we feel qualified, that we can feel loved, we can know that we're right on time, but we can share that with others and all sorts of revival continues to, can continue to break out. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.